Lucas Two Blue Network presents. guys, welcome to Late Night with Lucas 2 Blue. I'm joined with Duncan Miller, COO, CCEO, CCEO, CCEO. Chief Content Officer here at Lucas 2 Blue. We did, a, we did a pretty major document yeah. that we had to write <laughs> earlier. Oh no. Co-host, <laughs> producer. Co-producer, co-host, you name it. Well, 
topic of tonight's show is well we we promised the boys and we lied because we thought we were gonna start in september uh, crazy stuff was happening we were moving as you can see we're in a new space and yeah it was it was it was crazy and uh, jeff bezos changed the boys schedule on us so it comes yeah, out every week so, so we're not done yet. so we were first gonna do season one of the boys and then we're like oh season two so close let's just watch season two and then season two didn't come out all at once. It just kind of came out. I'm going to shift this. There we go. Now we're both in frame. Haha, <laughs> look at us cuties. Um, <laughs> but uh, apologies, people. There we go. Right there? Yes, that's what I want. As you can see, we're we're repping. Yeah, new merch. New merch. This is this is team exclusive merch with potential merch for us coming later. Um, but yeah, we we're doing it. We're here. We're live, and we're doing Bill and Ted. We decided we're gonna do a franchise frenzy on Bill and Ted uh, this year uh, semester. We're gonna be starting a new format, but this is not the new format. This is the old format. Uh, we're not going to do a crazy opening extravaganza like we've done with the previous semesters because, uh, one, copyright issues, and two, uh, last time we did a current event show, it kind of backfired on us, like a little <laughs> too much. I'm not <laughs> saying 2020 was our fault, no. but we also didn't have 2020 pegged this way. So. Nope. Nope. So, uh... Mm -mm. Not a... Not, nobody did, but that's <laughs> no. okay. Anywho... So we're, we're finally in the same studio together, which I'm really excited about. And uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Bill and Ted and the excellent, bogus uh, adventure journey. I don't know what you want to call it. Face the music. There's basically there. It's this crazy trilogy that's super dated, but then they finally released a sequel this year of all years to release a sequel. <laughs> At this time, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Barrel Brothers Brewing Company. Do you ever get thirsty when you're watching a movie? Or do you just want to have a good drink with some friends? Well, look no further than Barrel Brothers Brewing Company, Windsor's oldest brewery, crafting beers since the 2010s with global purpose and excellence. If you'd like to check them out, go to their location in Windsor, California, or go to barrelbrothersbrewing.com to order online. Link is in the description. Thank you, Barrel Brothers Brewing Company, for sponsoring Lucas 2 Blue Network. <laughs> so let's get into it, uh, shall we? So, Duncan, you are our origins guy, so why don't you explain the origins of Bill and so, Ted? Most people may have saw, seen Bill and Ted before. Um, depending on what generation you're from, you could be part of Generation X, which is supposedly the intended audience for this movie. I, uh, we, we could still debate that for hours, but, uh, yeah. that's, that's sort of who grew up with this movie, uh, potentially. Um, so the directors, or not the director, but the writers actually of this movie, Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, who both went on to do, uh, various other movies, but... This in particular was really the, one of their first few, like, real roles. Um, 
and they took the Bill and Ted like characters basically from a stand-up skit they used to do in college. So uh, like us, they were uh, college roommates, and they ended up taking that what they did in college that became the script for Bill and Ted. Mm -hmm. um, it had various like revisions, um, but they wrote most of it in four days, and they just wrote it on legal paper, and that sort of ballooned into what we see now as the movie um but basically you could boil this this down to a time travel movie starring two wannabe rocker uh whoa dudes before they were cool so alex wonder keanu reeves uh both successful in hollywood um after this and also because of this um but not not so much immediately not so much like in the 80s and 90s although they they kind of gradually went on to their peak and now and now keanu has like all these evolutions where he can he can be the woe dude and he can be the cool dude but yeah. we're, we're gonna we're we'll, gonna we'll get, get, to get into the woe complex but, later um, <laughs> yeah what what a what an amazing actor keanu yeah is. yeah who would have thought and and for those of you who weren't really around in 1989 i know i wasn't um nor was i the at the time, I don't think the world was ready for Bill and Ted. There were people out there to go see it, but it's it's quite possible that they were sort of ahead of the wave in some ways. Um, the the number one song for reference in 1989 was Billy Joel's "We Didn't Start the Fire," so that tells you where things were at. It was very uh, like looking back on the 80s, like seeing where we've been in this in this century. The, 1980s were a tumultuous decade, people, much like we're seeing now. So mm -hmm. that it was a very different time. We weren't really quite into the uh, emo or grunge phase yet of music. So so things were in flux. And and um, it's pretty evident in the dialogue of Bill and Ted. There's a lot of words that they use. Uh, some of them landed, some of them didn't. Some of them are really horrible. Um, <laughs> we, we won't say <laughs> them on stream yeah. for obvious reasons and and some of that vernacular some of those words that they use like excellent and dude right we we say those in conversation today but those weren't really part of normal conversations back then <laughs> this was back at the time when the high five was invented so you know that that recent of a time only 30 or 40 years ago a lot of these cultural norms were were sort of developed and, <laughs> and that that part of it is a really interesting slice into sort of culture and in, in history just in general but yeah this this movie basically there's a lot of ways where it couldn't have gotten made uh it almost did yeah this, they, we almost didn't get keanu which, yeah you would have would have been some other guy would have been like yeah. uh, john krasinski as uh as uh john wick or something just imagine yeah. that that could be your John Wick, right? Or, or, or what was it? Who were the other two people leading for auditions for Neo? Was it Nick Cage and Will Smith? Ooh, that would have been... Yeah. Will Smith would have been... But perhaps we'll discuss that if we do a eventual Matrix. <laughs> it, we don't have anything planned, but... <laughs> Potentially if we get Matrix 4 in the next two years, like we're supposed to. But probably not. Um, anywho. Do you have anything Yeah, else? so... Bill and Ted doesn't have a plot structure, even though it's a time travel movie. No structure. Um, I try to define it in the time travel rules. I'll, I'll say it at some point. Uh, I'll go through it. But it's 
it's not it's not for like the, the people who are trying to nitpick every moment and every little thing you just gotta kind of go with it yeah and uh we we didn't really have a lot uh to go off of uh lucas hadn't seen these before so i had was, seen he, bits and yeah, pieces yeah, he, of excellent adventure mm -hmm. and that was it i hadn't seen anything yeah. of bogus journey i had never finished uh excellent adventure and I was very clueless to what this actually was. So, like, I knew there was time travel. I knew that there was a history report, but that was it. <laughs> like, I didn't know anything about the other weird complexities about the telephone booth and whatnot. Yeah. So that's a good point. The telephone booth. Um, the guys that wrote this movie, mm -hmm. they didn't watch Doctor Who. They didn't know what they were doing when they made the time-traveling device a telephone booth. That makes sense to me because how many Americans were watching British television? Yeah, not in the in, 80s. In the right? 80s. We think about it now, like, you know, you can watch all kinds of Doctor Who on Netflix. Yeah. Or streaming, it's on. Because Star Trek, Star Trek was the only, would have been the only thing, but that was yes, more of an American, it was an American cable. thing at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's going to be on TV No one was, I mean, I don't know if BBC was really very present. I mean, I'd have to ask my parents, but I really doubt people were watching international television in the 80s. Like my, my dad said there was only like seven channels or something like that, you know, compared to the multitude of variety and options we have now um, for those people who still watch cable. No longer just uh, buttons and knobs, nope. but uh, they have downsized recently. So yes. that's interesting. Perhaps we'll get to that when we talk about uh, the, the state of entertainment, the state of content. Yeah, potentially. Uh, anything else? The last thing I'm going to put in this this realm here, Origins. this first, first box that we have, is uh, that they the, the writers who wrote this had an idea for Bill and Ted, but it wasn't their initial idea... Uh, they went with they originally had them as sort of younger more like early high school guys who were who are the basic the guys that would get picked on and it, it seemed like they had this idea before they cast the, the two stars because yeah. those guys don't really fit into that role the way we know them as as actors and the way their characters develop so i think yeah. once they were cast in the in the roles alex winter encounters were allowed to kind of incorporate some of their own takes on the character into it and, and that's how we got we got today and and i will say that at the outset here um the fact that the characters are so similar um is actually there's kind of a funny like press thing is is uh there is documented evidence of keanu reeves um mistaking which character he played in the movie by accidentally like oh i yeah, it was Bill and Bill and Ted, and we know he's Ted. And it's just kind of funny, like the way the characters are written in sort of this like satirical way of of like that sort of skater or like whoa dude yeah. or like like take it easy, bro, culture, right? Like it's pretty easy to to accidentally mix them up and be like, yeah, what guy did I play again? So I thought I thought that was kind of funny and went along with the, the sort of theme of this. Of that this makes stuff. sense, though, honestly, considering <laughs> their two parts of how in the first movie, they're pretty similar in terms of character structure. The only defining traits is like their 
costume yeah they're physical and, features. and hairstyle mm-hmm. you know ted's got the very curly blonde hair and you mean bill bill excuse me bill has the very curly blonde hair and ted has the long uh black hair that's straight um you know that's the only like major <laughs> defining trait I mean, I mean, if you were to watch Bill and Ted blind, you would probably not be able to tell the difference yeah, in the first movie. You would, you would just have to learn the voices or something. Right. You yeah. So that that part of it is interesting, and also the just the clothes they wear. They're they're very, uh, like, it almost seems like you look at it now, like, was that really in style? But in in some ways it was, in some ways it wasn't. So. I feel like, like all the fashion people are, would look at this and be like, oh, that's super cool. I should, I should implement that into my style. Alex Winter with the uh, half shirt. Yeah. The I, don't, I don't know, top, I don't know if that's I, coming back. I admired. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait. They had crop tops in the 80s? That was a cool for thing. For men? That I was, was what like, athletes were. I was like, hold <laughs> the freaking phone for a second, man. I I want this fashion to come back. Let's, let's rock it, boys. Come on. I mean, like, Alex Winter just just slayed that that entire outfit in so many ways, and I appreciated it. Uh, All the colors going on. It's yeah, crazy. it was it was pretty great. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I should we get into some overall themes? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, you kind of talked about some of yours. I'll I'll kind of jump off of that with mm-hmm. mine. I'm gonna uh, to close origins. I'm gonna do our little kind of soundboard here hopefully you can hear it Excellent. there you go so that that'll be our transition when we we move on from everything oh god that's gonna get annoying so <laughs> i mean it, it's the same way in the movie the but uh yeah so so some overall things that um i just kind of for the entire series i have written down is um the stories are very messy at least the first two in particular uh, extremely dated, as we said, with some of the language, um, and it's just kind of, like, it's very 80s, very 90s for both films, you know? They were working on cheap budgets, you know? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, the second one actually seems like it had a bit of a budget for a comedy film, you know what I mean? Um, but who knows? Anyways. Uh, like I said, it gives us, like you said, and... Also, uh, it gave us Keanu, so we have to thank Bill and Ted, because otherwise we would not have John Wick, nor Neo, nor, uh, who else am I thinking of, Constantine, we wouldn't have him in Rush, or no, Speed, excuse me, we wouldn't have him him in uh, Point Break, you know. Some good quarantine movies right there. Those are some really solid, you know, action films. Um, Overall, mostly harmless, like, it's not super offensive, in any way, except for that one word we yeah. repeat, but we'll definitely yeah. mention. Um, and uh, the other thing I was going to say, it's cons- inconsistent with what it's supposed to be. Like, you're very... The first movie, especially, I think it's just the most inconsistent thing. In fact, I came out of it kind of feeling like... I was like, I didn't love that experience. I was like... <laughs> I'm, I'm a firm believer that I love, like, 80s cinema, and I usually eat all that stuff up, but this was not the case with these films. I was pretty critical. Duncan, you can attest yeah, to Yeah, we, we felt, it's kind of like when you, you eat a big meal or something, yes. you're like, 
I thought that's what I wanted, but I'm not really sure yet. I was like, oh, yeah. you oh, know. 100%. But, but, you know, reflection, you, know, you get to think back on what did I what did I take away from that? Right. And, you know, I think I think I don't feel do. like I took much away from it. It, it ends. <laughs> they don't save the world or anything. It's they just do a history report and it's just whatever. Anyways, <laughs> we'll get into it. Um, and then I would say Bill and Ted are throughout the entire series constantly letdowns to most of the people around them uh specifically bill's dad and ted's dad um and occasionally the princesses right yeah are they the babes or the princesses I, well <laughs> are they both i believe that uh, they use those interchangeably okay um they are princesses yes yeah well, should we should we get into excellent adventure? Yeah. Or should I say should we get into excellent adventure? adventure. <laughs> okay, I'm done. For now. <laughs> I think that's a I think that's a a good point. So, uh, Duncan, do you want to talk about excellent adventure at all? Yeah. So I think um, I'll go over the time travel rules first, so we we kind of know where we stand. I want to hear what you wrote. About yeah, this. yeah. So, um, it, the movie starts with a utopian society in the year like twenty, whatever sixty six. So it's like yes, hundreds of years beyond. Um, George Carlin plays a guy named Rufus, mm-hmm. who's like this guy dressed in all gray who looks like he's from Star Trek or something, and. Uh, he time travels in a phone booth, which I didn't know phone booths could time travel until this point. But apparently in this world, they can. They've retrofitted phone booths to be uh, time travels. That's good use for them. I think we should do that. That'd, Question, that'd why does the architecture in the future look like an Apple store? Maybe that's a hint <laughs> on who dominates the next uh, whatever number Oof. of years. I don't know. <laughs> Continue. You would, you would uh, this is, this, if this room is any indication on who is dominating next it's it's probably that uh so the time travel rules are they're pretty uh, like simple like i would call them like uh consistent if i could that was the only thing that i would say is consistent it is like self-consistent yes somebody shows up from the future you're gonna sort of see how that unfolded Mm -hmm. and it was not like you went through without that ever happening it was always gonna happen right and at the they kind of do a little bit of a time travel trope where they kind of like make fun of like well how are we gonna set this up what do you think we did hmm but like most of the time like we we knew that things were gonna work out in the end because of the way we see things in the beginning coming face to face with bill and ted from the future which looks exactly the same as bill and ted uh in the in the present they just right. act a little differently right um which i think that's pretty impressive just from a like a filmmaking standpoint mm-hmm. is getting these guys on split screen and doing alternate takes and flipping yeah. around like th- that's that's pretty impressive for for this time i know back to the future came out bef- uh, before this and they did other like doubles and other things like that um so similar uh although bill and ted uh they changed a lot of their stuff to not be like Back to the Future because right. they had just seen that and they're like, oh, this is kind of similar. We want to make sure we're doing something that's that's different. Uh, and I think they they did that, but um, 
Back to the Future has what I would call anything goes time travel rules, where uh, they're, you're allowed to change certain things and timelines are allowed to go through and there's multiple mm-hmm. timelines and, you know, it opens up the world for more sort of implications, whereas right. uh, in Excellent Adventure, it's kind of one big loop Correct. That, that sends you on your way. Right. Um, so, yeah, Bill and Ted... Uh, they're not very good at history, mm-hmm. and so this is their way of, of uh, taking something useful out of history. And literally, yeah. they do take useful characters from history. Yes. <laughs> Which I, I think uh, it's impressive how they got all those people in a phone booth. Yeah. I don't know what they did. They well, might have had like a rectangular phone booth. Yeah. Like, trickery, and then they flip on its side. That's and... yeah. That's one. Of, but but there is the scene in Excellent Adventure where. Uh, they they literally like it, they show that it is crammed and it does not like nothing makes sense and they're like like it breaks at one point you know so at least it's consistent with the time machine rules yeah that's about it which is which is funny yeah um yeah what well, i mean did you have anything else you wanted to say about this i i like their uh depiction of the utopian future mm-hmm. um it's diverse they have uh very interesting fashion choices. I don't yes. know. I don't know if we're ever going to get there in terms of uh, fashion, but it it is an idealistic uh, view of uh, what what could happen. We could have great music, and we can all uh, all have a seat at the table. So that's uh, something to look forward to. Hopefully, yeah. And they did they did predict a uh, a black world leader. I don't know if you noticed that the the high the was the was the uh, what what did they have like the hot the head council it was like the, men the, or whatever like the the intellectuals they were, yes. like, they were like a group of people but yeah. the, clearly the the top was, yeah, Rufus person was not the main guy no he was like he was like the, the agent guy. for the council yeah, yeah he's just the guy who goes back and forth between he's, DC and wherever you know? he was kind of a a a a, uh, a nice version of a like time cop essentially yeah yeah he, he could be he, like a time cop That's yeah he, his job was to make sure time stays in order you know so he had to set bill and ted on their path so yeah is that, is that that's that's pretty, okay that's a pretty good stuff yeah so anyways i'm gonna jump in and say uh this movie is easily the worst one of the three um so much dude uh which is hilarious. And then the other thing, I would say this for uh, both Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey is they don't know where they are, whether they are PG, PG-13, or R. I would say yeah. Bogus Journey falls more into the R area than, uh, like, but I'm saying that for the 80s, how they rated movies in the 80s is, is a little bit different how they mm-hmm. do it now. I would say if this released nowadays, it would definitely be more in the PG-13 line, but they don't really know where they are, and then they say things that I'm like, that probably wouldn't fly, but maybe it flew at that time. I'm not really sure. Um, so there's that. The biggest, the biggest sort of issue with that, yeah. sort of, is that they didn't have PG-13 as a precedent right. when they were developing the movie. They, it was it was out it was yeah, a thing because like it was, it was last new. crusade was one of the first films that i know of existence that's in the pg-13 yeah format. yeah and we talked about this on the indiana jones yeah. but they they 
they weren't really ready to implement it like we do now where we know everything's right. going to be p213 if right. it falls into a certain category and i think right. that is sort of the result of or what we saw as the result of of that sort of rating system restructuring right and, and you could used to that. you could also argue that um whatchamacallit you could argue that pg-13 now is kind of more the what pg used to be technically pg and g are almost interchangeable with the movies that are on now like when was the last time you knew of a pg movie that you saw versus g don't that, know. Yeah, yeah i feel like it would have to be like a kid's movie or something yeah control. but i feel like both of them are yeah kind of fill the mold it basically dumbs down to could you play this in front of a baby or not essentially yeah, yeah it it's like close. how how intellectually strong are you mm -hmm. you know that's that's basically what it comes and down most of the to. time those movies are just in insane marketing pushes right right marketing to kids right. um so. good job good good job yeah anyways uh talking on that um like i said like we both said it owns its dumb time travel rules uh i really appreciate at the end there's a scene where they say things that they do that they're gonna do it's like at the climax of the film um they say we should go to the future and leave things for us and they instead of having to actually go to the future it's just already there, like them, their future selves already did it kind of thing. Which makes sense because you see future Bill and Ted meet past Bill and Ted. And then they redo that whole scene again for a second time. You know, so it, it totally, it's 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 whack, but it works because it, they are consistent within yeah. this own universe. The audience is sort of in on the joke mm -hmm. and uh, they can kind of poke fun at the self-consistent time yeah. travel logic which they're gonna blow up in the next movie anyways yeah the so. the one thing i would say is uh that i wish more movies would do that stupid trope <laughs> and i'm surprised movies haven't i mean i guess movies nowadays are trying to be a little bit more realistic yeah, like the serious. last major time travel movie i watched was not time loop time travel would have been avengers endgame Ooh, okay. um and uh I'm trying to think, like, they had very consistent rules, but they didn't mm -hmm. quite follow, but kind of followed them, sort of thing. So, is is Looper a time loop movie or a time travel movie? That's a time travel movie, because they send someone into the future. You know what I mean? And they send someone into the past. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas Palm Springs is a time it's, it's, loop yeah, film. Yeah, part of that smaller Because category. it keeps going, repeating itself. Uh -huh. There's There's a cycle, whereas Looper, there's no cycle you can go back and forth. You know what I mean? Anywho. Um, so yeah, I would say that that's kind of an interesting thing. And I wish more time travel things would use that. Like, oh, what if we did this, but we did do it kind of thing. Like, <laughs> like I think that was kind of hysterical. And I think it was, it works really well in this, you know, ridiculous, uh, asinine, um, you know, series. <laughs> what did we say? If they were going to make another Bill and Ted, it would have to be something with asinine in the yeah. title. Which would make perfect sense. Anywho. Just think of Hank Hill when you yeah. say that. Yeah. <laughs> we've been watching King of the Hill. We've been watching so much King of the Hill <laughs> since we've moved Surprisingly here. relevant nowadays. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, should we jump into Bogus Journey? Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to do the transition. Let's get bogus. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll kind of start this one off is... 
Bogus Journey is still messy, but it's better, I guess? If, you, if you're looking at it from like a movie critique, like what am I seeing on the screen? How technical is that to pull off? Yeah. Uh, if you're really weighting your averages there, yes. So in this film, the production value is way better. Uh, they have really cool, like Jim Henson, uh, anthropomorphic, uh, uh, what is it? Not anthropomorphic, that's the wrong word. Uh, animatronic and puppetry um, in this film. They've got um, a really cool, high saturation colored, colored scenes um, in Act 2 specifically. The Hell and Heaven sequence are like my favorite thing from this film. Um, and uh, there's, like like he said with the, the body doubles, there's only one moment where I actually noticed Keanu's stunt double in the frame. Uh, and that's because there's only one moment where you see Bill and Ted and Bill and Ted behind each other. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, so they had to do a stunt double because, you know, doing that kind of action wouldn't work. Whereas for the rest of the film, when you see Bill and Ted and Bill and Ted in the same frame, split it's split screen and Bill is behind Ted, Ted is behind Bill kind of thing. <laughs> so it's it makes sense in that... Um, regard uh i was gonna say uh robot bill and ted are not a whole lot worse yeah. than bill and ted even though it's, they were made to disrupt the past i think of robot bill and ted as as what the haters think of bill and ted that's probably the right way to that's describe like, them that's like the only the only thing that is you. truly wrong about them is they're a little too uh uh, which Macaulay? No, like I mean, the yes. Destruction of property. They're yeah, they're a little too much like <laughs> destruction and vandalism, uh, a little too much of murder, and a little, a little too, too much, much of uh, slightly unconsensual interactions with the with the princess. Yeah, um, not very progressive. Our robot villains. No, but they're that's that's kind of their thing. But like that's. For the most part, their whole thing is they're going to go in, replace Bill and Ted, and instead of Bill and Ted being rock, they're going to be metal, which is not that much... Hang on. <laughs> metal and rock are... Rock is kind of the larger umbrella subgenre, and then metal is kind of a subgenre of, you know, jump off point of rock. So I, I don't really think that that works necessarily, because they also talk about metal bands. Like, actual Bill and Ted admire yeah. metal bands. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're really changing the course of history. <laughs> except for the fact that they still have to write the song that unites the world, essentially. Well, people in the future just, just love Wild Stallion. Yeah, so Wild Stallion that. is, I don't know, the Beatles? Like, that's that's the best example <laughs> yeah, I, I can think so. of. Any, but the best band of all time, really. Yeah. If you're in 26, whatever year it came out. Yeah, so anyways. Um, future. But but as established in the previous film, Wild Stallions are not good at first. <laughs> um, and they don't get good for a while. Um, I would say uh, Death and Station are a really nice addition for new secondary characters. Because the princesses are kind of side characters this whole time, yeah. and they only show up when it's convenient. They get a little bit more airtime in Face the Music, 
but uh, it's just basically kind of Bill and Ted, and occasionally, uh, is it Ted's dad? Yeah. Yeah. Ted's, Ted's dad is the cop. Ted's dad will occasionally show up more often than not. Um, so, Death and Station. Uh, Station is this all-knowing being Martian, right? Is it? I don't, I don't know if he she's was from a Mars? Mar- Maybe they said he was a Martian. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the Jim. That's, right. that's the Jim Henson uh, character that we were mentioning. He's very like uh, blubbery, and he looks kind of like I don't know. I guess uh, Jim Henson's probably the best way to explain yeah. it. Like he looks like a Jim Henson character, and his only word is station. So kind of before I am Groot was a joke in film terms i know that was in the comics for a while but mm-hmm. uh station predates groot's famous line of i am groot he literally just says station in different tones and it's and kind appa- of funny apparently other characters can totally understand what he's saying right right uh which is really funny it's kind of like r2d2 like you never know what he's actually saying but the characters seem to so and if you kind of if they bounce it off or they kind of speak the audience will be able to figure it out based on yeah on the, the context and it works for this uh no rules movie yeah uh so there's that um station would probably be nightmare fuel for kids nowadays so this whole middle sequence of this movie oh yeah is nightmare yeah fuel. i wouldn't i wouldn't i couldn't just... imagine seeing this in theaters so oh i know gosh. some people show bill and ted to their kids I would not recommend that. I would say <laughs> Bill and Ted is something you show when your kid asks about it, not when you start that way. Yeah. I really don't feel like this is... It's not super kid-friendly. There's, I mean, kind of the first one a little bit, but not really. It's, um, it's more for 10-year-olds or 10 to 12, I think, yeah, is the, is the earliest like, age range you could probably like show this to. If you're in high school learning about history and you want to be like, hey, you want to ma- learn about history like these guys did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. This way, if I was a history teacher, I would show Bill and Ted as my, as my substitute teacher video. <laughs> that would be uh, that would be a one amazing the, class. You get one of them. The funny thing is about Bill and Ted Excellent Adventure, jumping back a little bit, is they actually were a little bit consistent with the actual history of yeah. some of these characters. It's, yeah, like, it's, Napoleon it's, it's, is still kind of a dick, and... And Genghis Khan is also very a little problematic, and they don't. I mean, they don't really show it, and they also show other characters from history and how they might be a little bit weird. Now they're not quite as extreme as they probably were in real life, unfortunately. Yeah, it's not. It's not accurate, but, but it is. It is decent. It was better. It's better than some examples of these characters. I will say that. I still like the the, the Napoleon bowling yeah. alley. That's, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> like the the I think the best jokes that they had in the first that. one were the whole Freudian jokes as well. Oh god, we forgot to mention those. Lloyd. I think Lloyd. yeah, yeah, they really they really there's, nailed it a little too much. So many layers there. Yeah, oh, I can't even say it on this. <laughs> if you know any like basic level psych class stuff about Freud mm-hmm. and you watch Excellent Adventure, it's pretty funny. It, but it's not like that's kind of the best comedy that comes out of that film. It's unfortunate that Joan of Arc really doesn't do anything in the, yeah, that film. Yeah, she does yoga. She that, does that's yoga. Kind of cool. She does jazzercise yoga yeah. in 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 an eighties Starcourt <laughs> mall. The other thing that come out of uh, Excellent Adventure is the uh, the conspiracy Keanu meme. The what? 
Conspiracy Keanu. The one where he's like, what if this was the thing the whole time? And it's like the, his face. You don't. You might not recognize him, but he, it's like, oh, he's like, right. Ooh. I forgot that was Keanu. Yeah, that's a still from Bill and Ted Excellent Adventure. I didn't know that. <laughs> wow, that's funny. I didn't know that these movies spawned a meme. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, anyways, jumping back to Bogus Journey, Death, uh, very funny character. They <laughs> so they introduce Death in Hell, uh, and Bill and Ted challenge him to a series of trials and those trials are essentially modern day board games that you've probably played a ton of in the last few months clue twister twister i think they played one more uh sorry i think they played sorry um twister one was off the rails yeah uh so they had to they had to best death multiple times really they only had to best death once but death was a uh sorga loser he was kind of competitive yeah all right best two out of three yeah like you know how you play with your friends (laughs) and you're like so i could win two more times uh but but later we see that death is the greatest bass player of all time um <laughs> what even how how did they attribute what his instrument was to being bass like i i well, i don't i think they needed something big that fit like the the what the size of the yeah. scythe i guess so is this the best counts as a bass instrument probably i mean you know in the future whatever music could be whatever we want it's true it's true so i don't know i i like it though he is the best bass player of all time if you're gonna extrapolate out that far yeah uh and, and talking <laughs> more about act two there's the whole hell sequence so um bill and ted robot bill and ted kill actual bill and ted so they literally die which is kind of a weird thing to wrap your brain around like the characters literally die and they, and they gray out. They they're they're not colored in anymore. And they go through hell to try and get back to the real world, which is like a horror movie plot, but it's in a comedy movie. And most most horror movies do that in the middle. This is like right at the beginning of Act One. Right, right. They don't waste any time. It's like Bill and Ted are dead from the first thirty. And, minutes. and this isn't a short movie either. No, this is, this is a you know. Hour, hour 30 movie? Something like that, yeah. And, yeah, they spend a lot of time navigating their big, like, act two centerpiece. Right. And that makes up the better portion of this movie. Right. So, but when they go to hell, you see both Bill and Ted's uh, nightmare of what hell is supposed to be. You see that they go through army barracks because uh, Ted's dad was trying to encourage one of the drill sergeants to recruit them because he still thinks they're, you know, yeah. lazy pushovers. Um, <laughs> so there's this like really extreme camera angle and the architecture is all warped and like large um, army barracks. And then they go into the childhood nightmares, both Bill and Ted, where you see the Easter bunny is Ted's worst nightmare. And you see, that uh granny uh zombie granny giving <laughs> bill a kiss um it was <laughs> it was bill's nightmare um and then they somehow escape by again besting death and then death joins them on their journey to heaven and then 
Which is funny, like, they try and disguise themselves to get into heaven, but then they, they it's fine. Yeah, they didn't need to, um, although they do totally, like, beat up those, uh, those Yeah, they build up civilians. innocent civilians going into heaven. <laughs> Just to get their, like, weird, like, same color yeah. clothes. I mean, I don't know, we're one to talk, we're wearing the same shirt. Yeah, but, well, uh... <laughs> that, that's because I requested it. <laughs> but, like... The, the the future heaven they have all these different fashion choices and yeah bill and ted just kind of go with it yeah they, they have interesting fashion choices too so anyways they get back the station joins them as they go back to um earth and uh god grants them the ability to go back to uh earth essentially kind of um spoiler alert uh a spoiler alert uh, a good place a little bit um, um anywho there's some threads between good place and this one. yeah anywho uh so originally this film was called bill and ted go to hell which i found out by watching the uh comic-con interview these the comic-con at home interview with the whole cast and crew uh from kevin smith and kevin smith brought up that it was originally called go to hell but the ratings board didn't like that t- or the production company didn't like that title so they're like, you have to change it. So they went with Bogus Journey, which fits the naming scheme of the original. Mm-hmm. But uh, I honestly think Go to Hell would have been a really awesome title for the film. Yeah. You know? It's it's bold. Either way, this movie yeah. is bold. They also changed directors, too. They yeah. They've done that every single movie, mm-hmm. uh, which says a lot about the production cycle of this, yes. of this franchise. At least the writers have stayed stagnant yeah. the whole time. Yep. Um... The last thing I want to say is about the final scene. Uh, Station builds two robot Bill and Ted's to face robot Bill and Ted's, evil robot Bill and Ted's. They destroy them, but then the bad guy, who I cannot remember his name because it's probably not important. Yeah, he shows like up. A, he's generic it's Darth not, Vader. It's not death. He's just, yeah, he's yeah. like a. Yeah, he's like uh, German Darth Vader or yes. something. I don't know. <laughs> Very uh, discount, discount Spaceballs Darth Vader. Yeah, not even, not even Spaceballs level. Like it was, yeah. Um, and he weird. challenges them to a fight, and it's a jumping back and forth of like I went back to my time, and they bring back the time machine in this final moment. So they're like. I've brought a gun, and then they're like, oh, and it's all at this battle of the band sequence. Yeah, there's like um, a logic time travel battle where he tries to shoot the gun, and the yeah. gun is just like confetti. Yeah, and then they're like, but we switched it, and then we switched it, and then we switched it, and then eventually he gets defeated by getting trapped or something and then sent back. Uh, and Rufus shows up in the last minute because that's what Rufus does. Yeah. He's basically the Gandalf of the series, he's dressed uh, for the party. <laughs> <laughs> George Carlin, you uh, American treasure. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, and then the, the film ends with uh, Bill and Ted going back in time for 16 months, but literally showing up seconds later, dressed like actual, kind of like Kip Rock. Almost. Or like ZZ Top. Yeah, uh, you know, like, it's uh, very Bill weird. Bill has a super long beard. It's like super strange. Idealized rocker version. Um, but they've become great a rock band and they rock the world for many years as we see in the credits but then they reach a downfall like every rock band seems to do and it was really funny to me that they're like okay we, we were asking the question before we was face the music are they going to bring that in into face the music and they actually do mm-hmm. which we'll get into that that's 
newspaper sequence or newsreel sequence is really fun because you can track all the little things yes. in the background and yeah. see what year it is and that that's that's something cool you can revisit yeah and it was funny stream. because i bet a lot of the rock bands at this time i mean this was 1991 a lot of the rock bands that were big in the 80s hadn't quite hit their pretty major downfall just yet. Yeah, you know what music I mean? was evolving. Except so. for maybe Van Halen is probably mm-hmm. the only example. But and this, like, this movie pays a lot of respect. This whole franchise yeah. pays a lot of respect to Van Halen. Right. And they, in, in, in most ways, they, of course, their scale was so small, they really could only get right. uh, a few famous people they did get kissed to perform music yes in uh the first one so that was pretty cool that they were able to do that but outside of that they they didn't have a lot of star power that right. was like existing uh and they they really made a lot with it and even this this new movie they were about to talk about had about the same budget as the second one so yeah. it's it's which was really the most expensive scale. film right? yeah 25 million so pretty small for yeah. talking about like like uh tenet for example yeah 250 million right so totally different ball game um two movies that came out in the same year yeah um one thing we forgot to mention in excellent adventure is the history report and so oh the the, the sort of plot hole with it was a report in the beginning yes and at the end it's more of a presentation so so here's the thing so for every for Bill and Ted San Dimas, how have we not said San? Dimas? I don't know how we've not said okay. San. The we whole series takes San place Dimas. in San Dimas. You got we got to mention that. Um, so uh, the San Dimas High School that they go to, um, they're supposed to do a history presentation, and in the original cut of the film, they had done uh, just like a generic. They go into their classroom, do a history report. Uh, very similar to the opening of Transformers 1, where Sam Woodwicky is giving a history report on his uncle. Einstein was wrong! But they realized that visually that was super boring, and they did a reshoot really close to the release, where they did a full-on like theater production with every student, and they show up and put on literally the best history report ever, because they bring in all of these famous people... Although I don't know how much time they had to spend with these fam- these famous historical icons on learning about them, but when they show up to this thing, they knew exactly what they needed. It's it's like movie logic. Like time is elastic. They right. Come up with whatever presentation. The, they the need. coils of time. Yeah, you know, when you're in the phone booth, it's not you're not experiencing time. Right. Like we are right now. Right. But kind of. Yeah. Because obviously they're not like they age right. millions of years or whatever, but right. So yeah. And, yeah, to say that, so it was this this giant grand finale rock show where all of these historical figures show up and they yeah. do a whole presentation, they bow, and there's music to it, and it's great and very fun and all that stuff. And it, it's it's funny that like the way that it seems like the way they came up with it at the beginning, they're like, oh, it's a history report, and yeah. then. In, to sort of do the big payoff at the end, they realized it couldn't be a written thing because right. that wouldn't be enough of a finale because it just most of what they did in the movie was just the setup yeah. for the big finale. Which and I so agree. It needed to be a I agree, filmmaking wise and story structure wise, it totally makes sense for them to do the grand finale. But my <laughs> entire question of like, what? Why is this history report 
like high school musical level. It really was. It was, it was insane. High school musical before it, high school musical. It was insane, you know. Uh I'm like, what what is what is the school doing? Like <laughs> San Dimas. Why why now is San Dimas turning out these like giant historic like do they have like some feeder school to like I don't know what's what's the highest school like maybe, in, in history majors. Maybe that's where they get all their uh, Juilliard scholarships. From Who San knows? Demons, San Demons. just like high school music. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, yeah. So uh, excellent adventure, great uh, bogus journey, great. They're both like I would give excellent adventure a six out of ten. Yeah, we're like right in the middle, roughly. Both I'd right give bogus like a six point five seven. Jumping into Face the Music, which is the... Uh, I, I, I think it's the final film. I yeah. can't imagine that they would make another strict yes. Bill and Ted film. Um, yeah, I, I think we can say that it's a trilogy. Yeah, uh, it's very compact. This film yeah. wraps it up really clean. So do you want to talk about Bill and Ted Face the Music yeah, a little bit? Yeah, so up until this point in the canon, if you can even call it that... Bill and Ted have not achieved fame by themselves. They've not written a cool song. They've not even really learned how to play the guitar without cheating, not using time travel. And uh, they, as George Carlin said in the in the one of the original, I don't even know which one it is. He says, "Trust me, they get better." Yeah, that's like, the first one. It's like, wait a minute, like. They're supposed to get better. It's been decades. Mm -hmm. And we really didn't know what to expect from this movie because, one, it's in quarantine. So we're like, is it even a good movie? Like, do good movies come out anymore? Right. And after we had seen the, the first other two, two, we were so we were like, skeptical. Oh, this oh could no. Be, yeah. But we, we spent $35 <laughs> on all three of these movies. And I was a little worried that my purchase had gone to waste. I can say that it, it didn't go to waste. No. But in the middle of that week, we're like, hmm. Do we really what, what want to we, watch What did we do? <laughs> what did we get ourselves into? So they must have they must have made this move before the quarantine. Um, they yeah, definitely I, shot it before the I quarantine. I think they started this film probably late 2018 and probably mm -hmm. shot the majority of it in 2019. I definitely feel like the post-production was probably done in the latter half of 2019 and 2020. Um, I think it was... I don't know if it was originally set for a summer release or if it was originally supposed to come out in the fall. Anywho. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Yeah, it seems like this movie benefited from being on streaming. Right. Like, if it was in the theaters, it would have been going against... It's, I don't know it, what, like... It wouldn't have been good. The, the superhero I, like, movies, or if they were originally so scheduled, and what, what was supposed to be coming out in September? Uh, Kingsman was supposed to be coming out. Kingsman mm -hmm. uh, that that had been rescheduled prior to. Yeah. Um, if you just go with like the chalk, you would have been like James Bond. Um, oh yeah, Bond got moved back. Yeah, so there would have been a bunch of other things that we would have probably seen, and we would have probably missed this one. Right. It wouldn't have been on our radar at all. Yeah, I so. think I think we would have. This wasn't even. I mean, as you can tell, as I said before, this series, this this franchise frenzy wasn't even planned for the show. We just did it because it was it was right there in front of our faces, and literally everything we can. Duncan and I have a podcast that we've been planning to do where we just discuss. 
how media has changed. <laughs> and literally things change on the weekly. <laughs> um, and we don't know what's going to happen in, in terms of inter- entertainment media. Yeah, Microsoft just changed the uh, entire future of gaming, right? right. They're going to have a decade of money. Right. So, so we don't know. Like, we, we, we don't want to short so, somebody by, by leaving them out. So we're going to have to be a more diligent yeah. with our planning for that. So sometimes we'll just throw something in like this. Yeah. So so expect I mean this this semester um for episodes that we planned ahead because we have pretty much most of them set. Um we are doing mostly things that have come out and are finished because we're not ready to do another one that's coming out soon because we don't know if it will even come out. Yeah. You know so that that's some some things to, to say. Anyways, back to Bill and Ted. So now we're gonna face the music of yes. the plot here. Yeah. So they Bill and Ted have to write a song. They have to write the song that's gonna make Wild Stallions a, a unite the universal world. hit. Yeah. And yeah, just apparently for this movie they're uniting the world. Although if you unite the world, I think that's a good enough accomplishment for the universe. Yeah. So it's kind of like shockwaves go out from there if we could do that in 20 oh we, we should explain at the beginning of this film the uh the the turntable of time because in the bill and ted universe we've confirmed that the there are the coils of time and everything is a spinning vinyl yeah uh, so the the turntable of time uh in, in this film uh is starting to rupture and time is folding in on itself and the space-time continuum, there's a hole in the space-time continuum, and just everything's going crazy. Yeah, and uh, the Bill and Ted are basically hit with this rude awakening within the first couple minutes of the film that they have a countdown yes. to save humanity, which is not unlike the countdown we are facing in real life, Yes, ironically. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you saw any news about a giant countdown clock uh, on a giant building somewhere... Uh, that actually happened. So very topical for uh, our our sort of impending future. Right. But uh, and this one's more personal, you know. Bill and yeah. Ted, they they want to save the universe, but they also they also have like, you know, they also have to, twenty to, years of failures. Yeah, they have to face sort of their own demons. Yeah, their own like outcome with their families and their career what are they going to do with this later part of their life their marriage yeah like what is what does retirement look like for them right you know they're they're over 50 now so like things are things are more difficult i definitely feel like wild stallions was like if if the wild stallions were a real band they would be a one-hit wonder and we would play their song at proms and at you know celebrations but we would always ask the question what happened to wild stallions (laughs) you know so they, the 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 great leader who is uh, the wife of Rufus's character. I don't know what her name is. I don't know if they. Uh, she does have a name. But okay, uh, so the, the I'm gonna like go over do a rundown of the Rufus family here. We mm-hmm. have Rufus, who is played by George Carlin. He's not in this movie because George Carlin's no longer with us, unfortunately. Uh, but they did sort of replace and sort of add to this family by having the great leader, who is his wife, and then. Uh, Rufus's daughter is Kelly, uh, which is kind of funny because in real life, George Carlin's daughter is named Kelly. Uh, but the character Kelly in oh, this... Oh, uh, Holland Taylor plays the great leader. Okay. 
but That's it right. is it is rufus's wife mm-hmm. we we have confirmed this and then the christian shawl plays uh the great leader's daughter yes kelly and she she kind of takes on the rufus role where she goes to bill and ted and says you guys have to come with me the world's at stake yes and they're like mm, okay and you know they, they kind of travel to the, the the intelligent society and, right. and they're faced with this big dilemma and it's kind of like you're on the clock yeah so oh 26 i thought it was 26 something okay so it's not that far yeah. away guys only only a couple of decades and uh so yeah basically bill and ted uh they they they're probably the uh the most notable procrastinators in the extended universe. Oh, for sure. They, they're like, well, how do we, how are we gonna do this, Bill? Right. Well, and then they're like, what if we stole it? Yeah. From ourselves. Which is <laughs> which like, is very Bill and Ted. Yeah. Like the point of the movie is for them to write it themselves, but of course, that's not what they're gonna do. They're gonna right. do something totally insane. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I, what I do like is the timing of the clock. Is really close to the runtime of the movie. I mean, like the clock sort of expires at the same rate that the movie does. Yes. So that part. It's of the it, same time rules yeah. as what was set up in Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Where they have to get back for their history report on time. Seven seventeen p.m. Yes. I just. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about it? So. I, we have to introduce the the daughters here because yes. we haven't we haven't talked about them yet. So Thea and Billy. Thea and Billy are the played by the the, the daughters Weaving of Bill and, and Bridget Ted. Lindy Payne. Mm-hmm. And, Great casting. Oh yeah, the between between the both of them. Uh, we also saw Samara in the um the babysitter, babysitter. which yeah, we'll, we'll talk about on this show eventually. Yeah. Um. But, like, I, I still I still was really impressed with the way that uh, those two are able to take on the characters. Yeah. And really be, like, a Bill fun and character too. of the Bill and Ted. Yeah. But also, like, it's not demeaning. It's not like it's, it's sort of, uh, it's not, like insensitive like no it's, it's, it's a it's, good interpretation of what like yeah. that's what those children would be like if i would i would describe it as the tom hardy replacement for mad max like that's that's how good they fit mm-hmm. the mold of the characters and i'm not saying it's like exceptional beautiful <laughs> amazing acting but it def- yeah. they fit bill and ted's character to a t mm-hmm. I mean, the, 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 the blueprint for being in this movie is just have your mouth open three quarters of the time. <laughs> that's, really, that's really what it is. And if we're watching it, that's what you, as the audience member, also exude as well. So it, it works out well. Um, yeah. And I will say, this movie is set in 2020. Yes. It's very interesting. It, it is, the it, apocalypse is happening in 2020. Which is hilarious that, that that it, it that's <laughs> why that that's why this and we'll, we'll talk about this more. This and Tenet are like the two best films for the current day. Yeah, we, they somehow hit the nail on the head. Uh they didn't try to, but they did. Yes. And uh so everybody knows that uh the the best most successful musician with the greatest outlook 
who would you steal the song from? Lucas, if you knew how to, if you were gonna have to steal a song to save the universe, who would you pick? Oh, because I know who Bill and Ted picked. Uh in terms of songwriting, I'd have to go with like. Well, I, it depends on what you're asking. You're, you're, are you, you're stealing a future song. Are we, we're specifically future. talking about one artist, You're right? going to the future. You're stealing a song from the artist. Who has, like, the best outlook that's, like, this person's going to make the album of the year in, like, a couple years? Honestly, right now, I would probably go with Taylor Swift. In this, Whoa, in this specific right. In this specific instance. Now, now, I... Get to the 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 climax of the film, and I will rephrase my <laughs> statement a little bit. All right. So, uh, Bill and Ted, uh, they, in addition to crashing marriage counseling, right? Uh, Which I I that, think is the funniest scene in the film. It's, it's really hard to describe, but they, specifically they just... because of how. Uh, hang on, let me get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how Jillian Bell's performance in that scene as the therapist. Oh, and she, okay, so if you don't know, our, our twenty two Jump Street star. Is, yeah, she is uh, the big bad in twenty two Jump Street. Yes, she was like the ringleader of the of the like whatever of the of the drug, drug cartel, cartel. Yeah, um, in twenty two Jump Street, which her performance was hilarious, and that I, <laughs> I die every time I think about that scene. Between her and Jonah Hill. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she really good in serious role. Like yes. serious, like what's really going on here? Yeah. And then she's like, I can't deal with this. <laughs> well, the, the, I think the best part to me is when she starts to unravel when she finds out that it's time travel that created this marriage. <laughs> and I, I, the, the, the question that I just have is why is the, why is the therapist having a mental breakdown with when, when, she, because first, you know, she could have been like every other character in this series and been like, time travel is not real. You that's know, what, that's yeah, most authority the, yeah, figures say. Yeah, but the moment, the moment, she's like, wait, what do you mean time travel? And she's just like, because they're all, all four of them are like, yeah, we time traveled from the past. And she's like, oh, oh no, 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 no. Like, Therapists are people too. They're just as susceptible. It, that is seriously else. one of my favorite scenes in the film. Oh, good stuff. So, anyway, continue. So they time hop a little bit. They realize, oh, we haven't written the song yet. Dude, we got to get over to the future where we yeah. ripped the song. Yeah. And, uh, which is funny because they're trying to get the song that they stole. Yes. Not the song that they wrote. But they're like, they're using wrote very, very uh, loosely here. But in 2025, they mm -hmm. come across a very interesting version of Bill and Ted. Right. Uh, who are not failures like the previous version. But they're kind of living the life. They're in like a mansion and they got a bunch of funny clothes. Well, you forgot to mention they went back in time the first time and they saw themselves as complete. Oh, other... forward in time. Yeah. Forward in yeah. time. They went the forward in time to 2022 and the world is. I don't think 2022 is going to be a good year. Moderately uh -huh. normal. Like, it, it, like. I mean, there was there there wasn't very many people on the, on set, looked, so maybe maybe looked, maybe they we are still following. It looks social pretty uh, distant there. Um, I don't know, but it's they've they've become two deadbeat dads um, that are cruising the world in uh, Hawaiian shirts, trying to reboot Wild Stallions on 
sheer depression. Yeah, not a good look. So they no. they escape that like, okay, this is not the right reality. So right. they go forward a little bit more and they find like British Bill and Ted. Which makes no sense. That doesn't make yeah, I was like, what's happening in twenty twenty five? And uh British Bill and Ted are con artists. Right. And they stole the song from Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl, who's and they're... gonna make the best album of twenty twenty five. Yeah, I'm I am i am excited. You know, <laughs> I can't Foo, wait. Foo Fighters, let's go. Bring it yeah, on. Yeah. Good. Dave Grohl, what an upward trend. So yes. so uh and then of course Dave Grohl has a cameo in this movie. He returns which, to his house. Which, which I'm so uh, sad that it wasn't just more of like, who the hell are you guys? <laughs> Dave Grohl, come on, man. I was hoping you'd yeah. be more in this film. He's, it's okay. He's, we got. He's back to. He's back to the grind. You gotta yeah. make music. He's gotta know? make that music successful. Yeah. You can't just reinvent yourself every year. Like, like you know, it's it's it's. Anyways, it takes a lot. All right. Yeah. They jump into the future again. This time, way into the twenty sixty seven. To the San Dimas prison. <laughs> oh, that one's on you. Oh, yeah. they did do that, but it's not. Yeah. Is that? Am I mixing it up? No, you're. You're right, but it's. I don't think it's they go because right. they, they keep they, they go, keep going in the future. Yeah, they go like twenty thirty something. That's because their um, daughters go to the past. Yeah, yeah. So we've 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 told you the Bill and Ted part. Yes. Um, meanwhile, uh, Dennis, who is an evil robot, yes. sent by the great leader, not to be confused with the ro- evil robots from the previous. Yes, yeah, Dennis movie. is more like an android. Yes. where he's programmed, but he act, he can act like a human. He has visual. You know, yeah, very like. He's not an actual, like, animatronic robot. He's a real person. He's more... I would describe him as a timid Terminator. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. (laughs) He's a Terminator with the tail in between his legs. So Dennis goes from whatever, like, utopian future year to 2020. Yes. And then uh, he has been sent to uh, destroy Bill and Ted. Right. Uh, Because that's, of course, how you solve a time travel problem. You start killing people. It works every time. So, he accidentally, um... Well, we gotta explain he, what Thea and Billy have been yeah, doing. Yeah, okay, okay, but they're like, they see Dennis, he goes off the rails, so they they try to go back in time uh, after a warning from Kelly. So, Billy and Thea go back in time to recruit their favorite uh, historical figures, yes. uh, specifically that were, musicians. That were educated and taught by their dads, Bill and Ted. Yeah. So they, they know a lot about music history. Yeah. So they go to the, uh, the 60s uh, to, to recruit Jimi Hendrix. But yes. Jimi Hendrix is like... He's a little stubborn he, and he doesn't... You two are crazy. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want this right now. So he... Which the, the guy had a really good performance. I don't know who was the Jimi Hendrix actor, but uh, he, I have it here. He really looked like him. I was I was impressed. I didn't think they were gonna do that and have such like. Uh, um, Dazman still plays Jimi Hendrix in this film. That's I, his name. Dazman still. What a what a performance! So they go to convince Hendrix. He says no. Uh, they go back to the '30s. Yes. Convince another musician, Louis, Louis Armstrong. Armstrong. Which him to the is easily the best uh, like side character performance in this film. He nails Louis Armstrong. Got the voice and everything. Like it's just like I want to see a whole Louis Armstrong (laughs) biopic. Do it. Do a Netflix special because I swear to God, his performance was so good. If you've listened to any Louis Armstrong music, you can. He just nails the voice. Like just just absolutely crushes it it was fantastic it had no right to be this good for a comedy 
And it was. <laughs> so Jeremiah Kraft plays Louis Armstrong. Awesome. So yes. they, they, they gather up their team, which includes Mozart, mm-hmm. uh, Ling Loon, and Grom, a prehistoric drummer. Yes. So they, they gather this super musician team. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Bill and Ted are off getting tricked by uh, other Bill and Ted and Dave Grohl, which uh, that we already talked about. That was pretty insane. And then now we get to Dennis. Yeah. Just like Dennis from It's Always Sunny. He's a murderer. <laughs> Dennis shoots uh, Thea and Billy and And sends all them, the musicians. Yeah, and all and musicians. Kelly. Sends them all to hell. Yeah. And, uh, as well as Bill's dad in one of the previous yeah, timelines. And, and um, Detective, Detective. And the SWAT uh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So they, all, they all go down to hell. And uh, that's... Oh, and Kid Pretty Cudi. Honest, Kid Cudi shows up because of the the time break. Yeah, so so up. Kid Cudi is Kid like Cudi just shows universe. up right before he's everyone like gets obliterated. Uh, he's Kid Cudi is a universal expert on time travel, which uh, we'll explain in a second. So, so it's apparently in 2020, yeah. it's possible to just become an expert on nuclear physics and time travel and all these other things that There's you can do. Kind of just just if you watch Palm Springs, you little you you can pick up a little bit of yes, that. Yes, yeah. Apparently, quarantine is just a outlet for all kinds of things. So uh, you can always you can always expand your horizons. Correct. And uh, yeah, so Kid Cudi is a valuable member of this um, dream team, and we'll see. Dream team band. <laughs> and uh, Bill and Ted have been given the instructions to perform at uh, seven seventeen p.m. at MP forty six. Yes. And they have no idea what that is. For whatever reason, I was like, is that some kind of, like, location in the future? Or, like, I was thinking it had to be in this, like, yeah. gray future utopian realm. Yeah. And they, we were like, what? What is MP46? But they, they can't really focus on that because they have to find the song. Yeah. And they, they weren't really able to find the song uh, by themselves, but uh, they do find their way into hell. Yes, as, as, but as but well before that, they they finally go to the future. So well, they go to the future again, which is in like twenty thirty. Yeah, right? that, yeah, they, the and that's prison. when Bill and Ted are in prison, and mm-hmm. they're jacked as hell. Um, and uh, Bill has uh, no hair, and Ted has a mohawk and a full like. Uh, yeah, he. Interesting, like, interesting evolution from Keanu. There. Yeah, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> he looks, you know, like a Far Cry villain or something like that. It's great. Nice, nice, uh, nice comp. And then they, then they pop into the future again when Bill and Ted are on their deathbeds, supposedly. And uh, that Bill and Ted's like, you did write the song. We're not f, we're not effing with you this time. Here it is on a USB drive. How easy. Which. Um, who uses USB drives in, in whatever in quarantine? Year 2067. But twenty sixty seven had had it. Uh, <laughs> nice. So so then Dennis finally catches up to them, and they're like, "We have the song, Dennis." And Dennis is like, "Oh, oh no, that's awkward. I <laughs> that's have to kill really... you now." Well, but he's like, "But now I can't kill you because you found the song." And they're like, well, "And the, they notice the time machine is gone because." The princess, the future princesses, escaped in the time machine to go on their own time machine journey, 
which I also want to see a Face the Music point five where it's just the princess's storyline. I feel like that would be really fun. Um, and uh, they, uh, they, they're like, all right, Dennis, you have to destroy us. And they're like, but I, I can't do it. Like I said, Timid Terminator. It's great. Um, but he eventually does it. They all go to hell. They meet up with uh, uh, Billy and Thea. And they basically, um, they're like, all right, how are we going to get back? And they're like, well, we, we could go find Death. Because we know Death left the band in Bogus Journey and uh, kind of did his own thing, but no one appreciated it. And no Death, one appreciated his Death 40 minute went, guitar solos. Death dude. basically went back to hell and did a, had a full midlife crisis issue, and it's it's great. So there's a there's a rekindling uh, where Billy and Thea actually go in and talk to Death and basically convince him to join the band again for Wild Stallions. And they go back to the present death. They all pile into the SWAT van and they Great travel use of up. The SWAT van. They travel up the chute of hell, um, <laughs> and they pop back into the present day where uh, time has just gone absolutely bonkers. You know, basically, it looked like what was happening outside like uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, in California, basically yeah. that. You know, yeah, it was. It was basically at that time too, where we were mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is what's happening outside too. Yeah, yeah. Planets were showing up in the sky. Who knows? You know, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. <laughs> and they're right in the center of it all. Interstate 210. Yes. At mile marker MP46. Back in San Dimas. What a great place to go for a drive. Yep. Beautiful. <laughs> do, do, uh, well, do you want to explain the ending? So, speaking of drive, is... Uh, when Dennis was pointing his robot gun at Bill and Ted in order to get them, in order to try to trick Dennis into into killing them so they could go to hell and rescue again, everybody. They can die again. It, they had to break the flash drive and be like, look, we don't have the song. It's broken. And so, so they, they don't have it. Um, so now that we're back at the, the concert area at, at MP46... They realize they pull out the two pieces of the flash drive, and the prophecy said a song by Preston and Logan will unite the entire universe. And the two sides of the USB drive say Preston and Logan. And they're like, wait a minute. And the two of them are staring out their daughters while they do it. That's not us, dude. It's them. So I would basically say Billy and Thea are the... uh, uh, universally praised Beatles DJ Khaled. <laughs> nice. Are you saying because they produced the song? Basically. <laughs> but they don't actually put a whole lot into the song other than they just gather the crew. They like, gather that's the, the crew and the equipment and they, they make it all work. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, you're right. They are the DJ Khaled of the universal song that saves the world. Maybe that's the future of music. Yeah. Face the music. Is, is, uh, is uh, the music producers out there. You can appreciate that, Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. Sure can. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, they, they do some time travel uh, nonsense. Kid Cudi, uh, who's revealed a station. Yes. Because they didn't want to make a gym. Which, honestly, I make sense because... He's a little weird looking for. Yeah, for I don't know how a station would have been. It, it makes sense that that Kid Cudi would be the 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 
the station replacement in this mm-hmm. thing. And now I have a bigger appreciation for, for Kid Cudi, yeah. even though I haven't Dude. heard a song from him in maybe seven years. Day and night. Kid Cudi. <laughs> Day and night or anything that Steve Aoki and him produced. I don't know. So then they use, they use the original phone booth to do like an infinite copy situation. Right. Like give everybody instruments that right. can all amplify the sound uh-huh. throughout the entire universe. And uh, here's where we go into the anything goes rules of time travel, where it's just you can overwrite things, going back and forth between time travel, right. totally correct things, mm-hmm. and it's no longer self-consistent, uh, which goes along with the, the previous movie's time travel rules. Right. And uh, the family's reunited, and then uh, Bill and Ted lead the band. Uh, death is there. Yeah. The entire uh, super band is there, and the universe is repaired. And everyone goes back to their proper locations. And uh, then we have an after credit scene uh, with the elderly Bill and, Bill and Ted yeah. in the retirement home. They have to do their final. Excellent! But instead of doing just that one guitar riff, they do an entire like jam session. And it's quite nice. It's, it's, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Pretty, a pretty uh, excellent, if you would. Yeah, it's a solid ending yeah. to a insane and tumultuous franchise. <laughs> Very much so. Um, what what I want to say about Bill and Ted Face the Music is it's easily the best one. Um, time travel is actually used in this film. It wasn't really used in Bogues Adventure until the very end. Um, Thea and Billy are great. We've mentioned uh, the like I said, follows the uh, credits of Bogus, which surprisingly, it didn't have to and it probably would have been it probably would have just, I thought they were just going to do another generic Bill and Ted adventure, but no they like straight up kept the continuity, which I thought was hilarious um you can't fix the future basically the theme of the movie is you can't fix the future without facing what's in the present um the poor therapist. I, I really <laughs> I really want to know what, what's going on in her head. Um, the time musician heist was really cool. Like I said, I think who they got for the musicians were, was great. The Jimi Hendrix, uh, Louis Armstrong, uh, Mozart uh, jam session is probably the best song in the whole film. Just uh, plug in your speakers into your time machine and rock out in, yeah. the, in the middle of the street. In, yeah, you in know. Austria. Yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> um, I think Kelly uh, Kelly's character, Rufus's daughter, is also a really good addition to the film. Really fits the bill. And I'm glad that she was more present than George Carlin's character was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the only problem with this film is it's not as good if you haven't seen the yeah, two movies prior. Now, you can't just skip to this film. Same, yeah. It won't be it won't be as interesting. You'll be very confused and it will just be I mean you could probably watch it, but it's like it it's weird. Yeah, you have to sort of meet Bill and Ted. You have to get a sense for for the universe, get a sense for the the time in history if if you're not familiar with with where we were at in the world at that point and it all ties together at the end. It all makes sense. And uh, Bill and Ted faced the music. Mm-hmm. They did it. Mm-hmm. In their, sure own, their own miraculous and insane way. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts for fa- Face the Music before we kind of get into our overall thoughts of the series? This, I, I've been really 
imp- I listened to uh, Alex Winter talk about this movie, and uh-huh. I was really impressed with his ability as a producer and as like a decision maker for the franchise, uh, because he he kind of has two points to career. He's early on actor, and then he did a lot of Direct directing and producing. and producing, being an executive. Yeah, and. Now he kind of put back into this actor role, and it he basically didn't miss a beat. Yeah. Basically went right back into the same shoes and the same sort of, like, equivalent outfit, and he was Bill S. Preston Esquire. Yes, yes. And, and without his performance, uh, I thought Keanu's performance was, was good, but it's like, it's interesting. He's a little bit subdued. Yeah. Compared to his original Well, because he's done so much serious stuff yeah. since then. It's he's, so, more, he's more serious. Yeah, I think he had to do a little bit of work to get it done. Mm-hmm. Also, Keanu without facial hair, not the right yeah, look. it's weird. It's, it's not a look for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not, it doesn't weird. work. But I, I can see why. Yeah, and of course, I they under- have multiple. Yeah, I understand why they did it in this film, but like... After John Wick, it, it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad, because I've seen f- videos of the Matrix 4 shooting, he does have facial hair in those All movies. Alright, good, good, good. Yeah. So, okay, explain explain the Keanu, like, dude evolution. Yeah, thing. so the, 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 the woe complex. So, uh, <laughs> as I've, as I've uh, titled it, is uh, Keanu went from woe to whoa. <laughs> nice, there we go. Um... <laughs> and it's basically yeah oh yeah, come yeah. on there we go Excellent. <laughs> but yeah so that's the problem is Keanu hasn't done a non-serious like a non-serious character like uh, Ted in a long time you know the last one probably would have been maybe Point Break ish you know what I mean? But after Matrix, his 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 career was kind of sealed as this very serious, like, hard exterior character. Um, not to say that he couldn't do it. It was just, it was definitely harder for him to jump back into it. Because Keanu, we all know, very talented actor. Very oh, talented. Yeah. So this, this doesn't, like, show his... It's not his, a reflection his, no. on him. It's just... Your He's goes changed so way. much, yeah. yeah, you know. But it, it fits with this the way, like the the cycle that Bill and Ted are at now. Like right at the end of their journey for the movie, right. and it, it fits with this sort of retirement stage for the characters. Yes. Um. the The other thing I want to say is Bill and Ted are amazing dads. They're like, like you, like they're they're they are letdowns to everyone except their dogs. <laughs> Their daughters love them through thick and thin. And you can clearly tell there's like a line in the film where it's like, uh, how are you guys? And it's like, yeah, we're, we're, we're fine. They also refer... And then it's like, but how are you? You know, like... They also... The the daughters refer to both of them as dads. Yes. Which is kind of funny. It's Hilarious. kind of a trope from the original where... Yeah. They, and they, they, they kind of in the film, they live next to each other. Yeah. So you can kind of see like the, the children are just... a much of a product of the family right as they are a product as bill and ted are a product of their own like friendship and yeah. culture which is kind of funny in one way they're bill and ted are supposed to grow up and be adults and have like their own individuality but in the same way they're still also supposed to be 
a collective unit. Yeah, and the one thing I forgot to mention is they they had a in a very poetic sense they had a very uh, good turn as fathers because they are both products of seriously which we didn't mention seriously bad ugly divorce yeah, like like really messy them. divorce like it's not clean at all um as we've seen in the first movie missy who was like a few grades ahead yeah, of them she was like she was like uh bill's uh bill's crush or whatever yes and yeah. and they asked her to prom mm-hmm. um but at the start of bill and ted uh, excellent adventure uh Missy is being married is just gotten married to uh Bill's dad. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's really Which weird, is but... which is really awkward and weird. <laughs> and then at the beginning of Bogus Journey, uh Missy is now married to Ted's dad. Um so already messy. And then in the third one, Missy is, is married is, to Deacon. Yeah. Who is uh Ted's brother. Ted's, yeah. Younger brother. What like what? Like <laughs> it's so weird. It's one of the and then weird... De- Deacon is played by uh, Beck Bennett. Yes, who is from hilarious SNL. in his own right. But, yeah, uh, it's kind of funny that he he's like retroactively included in this. Franchise. I was kind of bummed that he didn't get more screen time because he's just such an exceptional actor. Yeah. But I understand why he didn't. <laughs> but like, I'm like, they are amazing dads, and they're very present. I think they just were a little rocky on the marriage stuff because. They couldn't separate themselves from Bill and Ted. They were yeah. always a unit, you know. And they weren't. They learned to uh, to be more individual with their marriages. Yes. Uh, throughout the course of this movie, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's the sort of character growth standpoint here. That yeah. finally face the music in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah, it's good. So so. I think uh, overall, I think Face the Music is easily the best one. It's eight, I gave it an, like an 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the series overall with Face the Music is p- pretty fun. Without it, not so much. Big yikes. <laughs> Big yikes, but that's okay. They they kind of fixed it. They didn't drop the the major word in the third one. Thank <laughs> God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. Do you have any uh, any wrap up thoughts before we go into one star reviews? Kind of good for time. This this franchise is totally unexpected. I I had seen it before yes. the first two, but I just this it, was a serendipitous was, decision on yeah. Duncan and I's part to do this. A very insane turn of events. I'm I'm glad we ended up here doing the franchise frenzy. Mm-hmm. Bill and Ted is quite the way to turn this this uh lucas two blue season yes and it was a yeah. perfect perfect start so and this now, will we're, be the... now we're gonna move into one star reviews which is our new favorite thing yeah to do so we'll, yeah so we did this with 21 jump street and we did did we do this on any did we high, do school high school musical yeah so uh basically we've collected some one star reviews which surprisingly there weren't as many one star reviews that i thought there was gonna be there was quite <laughs> few of them which is interesting but i found some great ones and let me let me pull them up real quickly i think uh there we go finder uh, apple yeah so let's let me just highlight all of these and open them up is it gonna open come on eh 
There we go. Oh, it's loading. There we go. The, is it just one? You got all. all oh, okay. The, they're they're the all in there. Okay. So the first one. Let's see here. That is okay. So the 2020 reviews are definitely the face the music ones. Yeah. Okay, so this is definitely the first one. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll read through this one and then you can do the next one. Okay. How's that sound? So this one is for the first movie, uh, that was written in 2006. Uh, and if I had a time machine, I would kill the director of this movie. Rough. That's, that's, that's a bit harsh criticism. I recently purchased this movie from an HMV. So home movie video story, I probably imagine is what he's referring to. Uh, for around $15. Let's uh, just say I didn't get my money's worth. The movie was extremely boring, unfunny, and a waste of time. The movie doesn't uh, doesn't even fit... Oh, whoops, hang on. Yep. Didn't preview it. Uh, yeah, sorry. Hang on. I'm trying to... There we go. The movie doesn't even fit uh, the category of stupid funny. Scenes in this movie were longer than they uh, longer than the uh, they should have been, which made it boring. The jokes used the jokes used were all based on the same idea, making them tired and tired right from the beginning. The acting in this movie was extremely terrible. I have a hard time believing he misspelled nice. Keanu. Nice. <laughs> I have a hard time believing Keanu. <laughs> Exactly how it Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Did he spell? He spelled it wrong, didn't he? Uh, that's right. That's right. Okay, Keanu but, Reeves. But uh, I, I want to go with that, Keanu Reeves. I, I, yeah, you go with it. Go with it. Uh, was uh, was in this. Only thing I found useful from this movie. Dot dot dot. Um or dot 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 dot. <laughs> I had an idea. Just wait. Dot dot dot. Nope. Dot dot dot. Nothing. Easy steps for making your own terrible movie. One, let a 14-year-old write your fantasy story. Now, it's important that he does his worst thinking. Oh, and drunk, too. I, did you just Yikes. advocate for no. for underage drinking? No, no, no. We're not doing that here. <laughs> Two, hire some Bob Hope for jokes. Rough. Rough. Three, make sure it has plenty of plot holes in, in it. Example, Beethoven not being deaf. Okay, I, 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 I don't understand. Uh, four, throw in a telephone booth and, uh, you know, it'd be not, so much easier just to react to this movie. Like, that, that oh is scathing, but also makes no sense whatsoever. So, there you go. This guy paid $15 and he didn't think he got his money's worth. All right. Let's, let's make that one a little bigger. Yeah, okay. Here we go. So, this... Uh, <laughs> this is for... This... Bogus, bogus, bogus. Train. All right, bogus adventure. This review is a one out of ten stars. That it's from the eighth of December, two thousand. Uh, the title of the review is "I am in awe." It baffles me how much insanely stupid, censored crap. can be so popular. It's gotta be crap. <laughs> <laughs> they censored it, not me. Uh, at no point in this utterly meaningless trash was it even remotely funny. Or intelligent or even laughable it was just plain awful my already faltering respect for keanu reeves took a deep plunge luckily there is the matrix to hold on to i think i need to watch it as antidote now with the exception of barbed wire this is probably one of the worst movies i have 
had the most fortune to watch. The only reason I saw it, though, at all, was that I was paralyzed by the awfulness and couldn't reach the remote. Nine out of 25 people found this review helpful. Wow. Holy smokes. That's insane. What even is barbed wire? I, I don't know, what but we got to look it it's up. Hopefully it's a franchise. Maybe it's we'll, in quotes? Maybe we'll do a new format episode on it. So it could be some kind of movie. Okay, so I'll read this one. This is for Face the Music. Terrible. Dumb. Came 20 years late. Terrible acting. Insane levels of cringe. Supporting actors suck. Bill and Ted suck. Kid Cuddy sucks. Bad editing. Bad effects. Forced, forces some laughs, but most jokes fall completely. Fail completely, excuse me. Writing in the uh, writing in the middle of leaving, sneaking into Tenet. Don't watch this terrible movie. So part of me... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Sentence, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. That last sentence makes is this, me... Is this person from Canada? Maybe, or somewhere else in the world where you can actually go see a movie. So this person spelled Kid Cuddy with a K, the Cuddy part. I think that... Oh, no, it is it's a C. You're C. right. The Cuddy yeah. part was the, the C. Um... I don't. I didn't um, feel like the editing in, was bad in this film. I think the effects were a little ro- low res, but it's yeah, a that's, comedy that's film and it's a low budget. budget. That's the budget. I'm not really fall. I actually think it's actually pretty good effects and, for what it is. And then the elephant in the room in this review is they, they spelled tenant wrong. <laughs> tenant. <laughs> don't watch this. So how do you movie. sneak into Tenet in quarantine? Is it because there's more seats in the theater? Like what's maybe I don't know, but whatever this guy's polling is problematic and a number yeah, of where levels. twenty-seven people found this helpful. What are you writing doing? in the middle I of didn't... leaving? So maybe he didn't even finish the movie. Maybe he thought that one was bad too, and he wrote a review elsewhere. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna have to look up this person's uh, rating of Tenet and find out. Oh my goodness! But who knows? And then the final one you can read. It's short. Okay. A most embarrassing movie. One out of ten stars from this month. The eighth. Yeah. Dude, this is the most embarrassingly bad movie that I sincerely regret watching. Don't do it, guys, and try to remember the good times. <laughs> wow. I, at least this person seems like they like the other one. I think, I think, yeah. So there were a few reviews that I read like that, but this one was definitely the most funny. So there you go. You can look these up on IMDb if you're that curious. You'll probably be able to find them. But that was one-star reviews. I, I Honestly, I don't know if we have much else to say for for this episode. Did you have any things you wanted to wrap up with? This, this franchise was probably on my top ten list of movies for 2020. I'm to, not, I'm to not watch? Or? Just, just the movies in 2020. Oh, um, yeah. It's, it's up there. It's probably going to stay up there. And I, was, I liked I liked the third one. Yeah, it was a fun rewatch. Yeah, I think crazy window into uh, culture. I think depending on how many movies I actually end up seeing from twenty twenty, uh, it'll probably be maybe an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Just as just the fact that it fits the twenty twenty quarantine scene so well. I don't know how well it'll age, but I definitely think it's really fun. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, if you ever want to just do a, a silly marathon or something, these are great movies to throw on um, during quarantine. You could totally binge these really easily, you know, eating eating some chips or doing work. Like they're they're very easy to consume, 
you know, passively. They're not very hard <laughs> to, like, think about. It's very silly. Let us do the thinking. That's our job. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're here. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think this is definitely, like, an honorable mention for sure. Just because of how how fitting it is. Especially for the current year. But, yeah. Go watch Face Face the Music uh, on rental or I don't know yeah, why, where, why are wherever, we this? wherever like, you get movies from in 2020, in 2020 or whatever yeah. year you're listening this listening to this in yes <laughs> yeah um all that to say I think I don't know uh, do we what, what do we want to say what let me pull up the schedule real quick of what like we that, might like be that. doing next just in case you want to know what's happening next yes hang on yeah, we had to do it one more time. We haven't we, we haven't the beat quota. it completely. We hit the quota. Yes. Um, above five. Okay. So the next, as of right now, if nothing changes, October 9th will be our next Franchise Frenzy episode. Um, we're doing kind of a weird format where we're going to do probably one Franchise Frenzy a month-ish. Maybe more. It's kind of weird to say can we say what it's going to be yeah we can say what the next one is going to be so we we have started it we're definitely planning on doing this one is the movie adaptation of the video game series resident evil uh resident evil if you played the game (laughs) so you know that um which for the most part has nothing to do with the actual video games um we have gotten two movies in so far it's been a crazy uh i'm very excited it, it's gonna get more intense as we go and uh, this is this is the first movie series wow, I have chosen zombies. to be a bad movie series <laughs> that has continually uh, gotten more gotten worse and continually um, uh, just not even connected to its original source material. There's, there's going to be so many threads for this one. Yeah. It's gonna so, be so the next one is going to be Resident Evil. We'll probably do it on October 9th is the current plan. If all else uh, goes. And then we have some things to look forward to potentially um, this semester. So between now and the late December, we'll have um, a Don Quixote, which is uh, a personal choice, which will be in the new format. Um we have the Dark Knight trilogy, Christopher Nolan trilogy, and we're going to cover my all-time favorite movie, um, movie and what its movie series, Tron Legacy. Um, so those are the some the things that you can look forward to, as well as some new format episodes, which we'll probably be doing um, every couple of weeks, where we will just kind of chat about a thing we watched, mm-hmm. uh, Duncan and I, and maybe some uh, other special guests. As well as we will have special guests throughout the semester. It won't just be Duncan and I back and forth. Um, and but, then we'll have some Twitch streams. Yes. We'll have some two casts. We'll have some two casts. Um, and at some point we're going to do our own two casts about uh, content and Correct. entertainment. So Correct. So stay tuned for all of that. Stay tuned for that. Spring semester is still up in the air. We don't know what it's going to be quite yet. We're, we're debating on a couple of things. It's really dependent on maybe a few release dates. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but yes, the fall is mostly set in stone for the most part because, uh, these are all, for the most part, concluded series. Uh, the only one that's not really concluded is Tron, um, because they just, news just came out that Jared Leto leaked on Twitter that Tron 3 
is going to happen. Ooh. Tron 3 is going to happen and Jared Leto is going to be in it in some major capacity. Right. So, we that Tron I'm, I'm very excited about doing. Anyways, that is about it. Uh, be excellent to each other. Uh, people, what is it? Uh, be true. What, what's the whole line? Do you know? Be excellent. Is it just be excellent be to each excellent. other? But there's something before that, isn't there? Uh, be excellent. All right. Be excellent to each other, audience, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace.
Rock and roll.